Our friends at FreshBooks have a burning question for all of you trailblazing freelancers listening right now. If you add up all the time you spent last year dealing with tedious business admin tasks and instead replace that with stuff you actually enjoy, what would that mean to you? Less stress, more free time, more creativity, more business, all of the above? FreshBooks thinks so, and they're on a mission to help you get there. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters, giving out free life advice that Wilson from Home Improvement would be proud of. Heidi ho neighbor. Heidi <laughs> ho neighbor. What's going on, Andrew? What are you drinking? How the hell? That's that's the Christmas poo. Uh, See, I, I wanted to say it in uh, Ned Flanders' voice, but give us a Ned Flanders. I don't know if I can do it very well. <laughs> I don't watch very many Simpsons episodes, so I don't know. Am I doing it right? Well, it was I, all right. I, I think it's like a five, maybe a four it's, out of ten. Okay. Um, dude, I'm just drinking Ballast Point. It and Bang. it's a jalapen, jalapen, jalapeno. Get the jalapeno one. Yeah, dude, it's really good. Is it good? Yeah, it's seven percent. So it's. You Have know. you had the watermelon one? No. Um, but I, my friend was drinking it, and I was jealous. I, I okay. I don't know if I want. I don't want to buy a six pack of it. Is the thing. Oh, I agree because you don't want to get something like super fruity. You hope that they did it like tastefully. Well, I'm on the other end. It's a watermelon IPA, and I don't really like IPAs. Mm. Ah, Laura doesn't like IPAs. I love watermelon, so I, I don't. I don't remember the name of it. I've got it in Untapped somewhere, but it probably take me too long to find it. There was some other watermelon beer. It was like a watermelon wheat, and that was. I'll say this is good. A OK sign here. Mm-hmm. You can't see, but it was good. This is good. It's it's spicy, but not as spicy as you'd think it would be. And it's mm-hmm. only spicy in like the back, like when you swallow it. So yeah. it, it's like good, but I, I wouldn't like, I might not get it again. Yeah. When I was in Japan, I went to, or I was taken to a literal haunted house restaurant for my birthday in Tokyo. It was super cool. A weird, creepy clown brought my cake and I ordered a drink that was like vodka mixed drink, but it had dried chili peppers in it. Oh, dude. It was so fucking spicy. Like, you would drink it, and then you would immediately need to drink something else, but all I had was that. So no, I just, dude, you don't drink water. <laughs> when it's too spicy, you just shove bread in your mouth. Just, like, wipe your tongue with bread. <laughs> I don't even remember what we ate. I do remember they brought me a cake with a pentagram on it, mm. but I don't remember what I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, we're doing an episode on time management, which is really kind of my wheelhouse. Financial time management. Financial time management, yeah. So we got a question from a guy named Chris. And I think it's a really good question because he's really confused about how to juggle all the different financial projects and different parts of your financial life, I guess, that we talk about on this show. And I guess that becomes the problem when you have over 300 episodes and we're Mm. constantly telling people you need to have rental properties and get life insurance and get insurance for your butt. And did you budget? And did you budget? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and read his question just so I can do his words justice. Mm. Then we will proceed to butcher them after that. We'll decide if they do. If you... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I can't claim to do them justice, but we'll let you be the judge. Mm. So Chris says, Hey, Andrew, because this obviously goes to Andrew. I don't answer emails. 
I think a great topic that I can really relate to is financial time management. I feel like there are so many places to spend my time learning about the best way to invest, planning for retirement, working on side hustles, working on making more of my full-time job, and saving homeownership versus renting. There's so much stuff. Now, I know I have debt to knock out, which is $45,000 from school. I've got a marriage to plan for. I've got kids to plan for. And of course, I need to raise my income, which is currently only about 65 k I understand that there are different life stages, but it seems that even though we may be focusing on one area at a time, we still need to keep all those other subjects in mind and work towards them as well. And this will often lead to me feeling overwhelmed and not sure if I'm making progress towards anything. Mm. So well said, Chris. I feel you, dude. Yeah, totally feel you. Did I did I tell the um, Warren Buffett story on this podcast yet? We love Warren Buffett stories. Take, tell take us again. Story. Tell us again. Hey, I'll tell it again, and I'm sorry if I've told it. I have, I'm, guys. Actually, I, I know, I know exactly what story you're going to tell, but tell it anyways. I've got two podcasts, mm-hmm. so I forget which podcast I say different stories on, and you guys just have to deal with it. So I'm like that crazy uncle. Would I ever tell you about the time up in Canada when we caught a fish that was heavier than my boat? Your crazy uncle that's somehow 24. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, shit, shit got weird and we don't talk about it. What if I have a sister that's like 20 years older than me and then she marries a dude that's like 10 years older than her and they have kids that I could be ah true younger than I don't even know. You could be you could possibly could, be your own grandpa. You can technically have an uncle younger than you, right? Yeah, you can actually. If I didn't even think of that. Your parents have another kid and then you have a kid before they do. Dude, tell us the Warren Buffett story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the story goes that Warren Buffett's personal pilot is asking him for some advice because basically he's got the problem that most every ambitious person has where they have too many interests. Everything seems awesome. Uh, you know, speaking financially, you want to do it all. You want to get a re- rental property. You want to get out of debt, all this stuff, right? Right. So the guy asks him, how do I prioritize all these things I want to do so I can actually start to make progress on at least one of them. And Warren has him go home and do an exercise. He says, all right, I want you to write down your 25 biggest life goals. So just make a big list of all 25. It might be more, maybe less, but just go with 25. So he goes and does it, comes back. He's like, cool, I've got a list of 25 life goals. What do I do next, Warren? And Warren says, all right, now circle your top five. Cool, circles the top five. And at this point, the pilot's thinking, I'm catching on, right? I got it. All right. So what he's telling me to do is to focus most of my time and effort on these five things that I think are the most important. And then the other 20 are just kind of, you know, all back of the bus. I can maybe give them a little bit of time here or there, but I need to focus on the top five. Mm. And Warren's response is no, the 20 you didn't circle are now your avoid at all costs list. You have to completely avoid these things because these things have enough pull on your attention that they will derail any efforts you're making to progress on the big five mm. have to focus. So even if it's in something as relatively narrow as just your money, I think you have to focus and you have to figure out what stage of the game am I at and what should I focus on at this particular stage of the game? And I think mm. it's kind of like a, like a funnel thing that you sort of the bottom of you're actually right. kind of climbing your way out of this big, funnily thing it's like climbing that, up a tree maybe it's like the one in star wars that eats you and you die whatever i heard <laughs> that uh, i heard that when boba fett dies in there spoilers 30 years later uh, um they like massively regretted doing that 
Oh, really? He was going to be just a one-off character that George Lucas didn't know that everyone would love Boba Fett, which why not? Uh, He's got a freaking jetpack and a rocket launcher and a, and a cable launcher thing. Yeah. He's the coolest. So that's why he had to die. You fucked up, George. I mean, George fucked up a many, many times, mm. many, many times. But whoa, whoa. Jordan, what? Lay off George. What? <laughs> Look, Jar Jar is a dark Sith. We all, all love Jar Jar. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, dude, what? about the drug drug theory. Anyway, so it's like you're climbing out of this kind of big hole, right? Mm. I think when you're starting, you have fewer things that really are very important to focus your attention on. It's probably get out of debt. You know? So, well, also, here's the thing. And so, I think for a lot of people, that is. But I think the first piece would just be like, know what that is, right? Like, you got to do this, like, a list equivalent. Mm-hmm. Right, like obviously debt is really important. Um, I want to say like go further because um, you know people want to like do a side hustle, right? And it's like so to do list item, create side hustle. It's actually like much more steps than that. And so I think you need to like think about your short term, like what you're gonna do this month, next three to six, and then like into the future. Yeah. So I think you know if I were Chris. I would have kind of two beginning steps here. Mm. And the first one would be to determine kind of what stage am I at, which I think he's done pretty well. He's described his situation in some detail. He knows what he's making. He knows what his debt is. He knows what's coming up in his life, marriage, kids, potentially that kind of stuff. So he's got a good grasp on a situation. I think the second step is he wants to do a lot of things and I'm the same kind of person where I get so many ideas. I have to get them out of my head and into some sort of system. So they're not jumbling around and distracting me. Mm. So I know I'm not going to buy a rental property anytime soon. And I'm not going to start another business soon. I don't so, know, what, but I want these things written down somewhere. Maybe it's like my financial impossible list or something. Right, right. So, okay. So you have a big long list, like the phase one of uh, Warren Buffett's pilot, right? Yeah. Now, um, I don't think that you could as clearly just circle your top five because you know like my top priority is to like retire and get a mansion on a beach but i also have to pay my credit card next month and that sucks and i can't like not do that right so i suppose you could just change it up a little bit by assigning a time factor to each of these things so uh, dude I'm, i'm a step ahead of you uh i'm i'm a disciple of gtd Getting things done. I love the shit out of it. Part of the David Allen camp. Damn right, dude. And he has this like really simple four grid setup. And um, like, so if you imagine like a, a box with four sections and on one axis, it's, uh, you know, or not urgent and urgent. And on the other axis, axis, it's not important and important. So mm-hmm. you have one box on the far end. That's things that are urgent and important. And directly diagonal from it are things that are not urgent and not important. Yeah. And I think, like, if you took all your stuff and you wrote it down saying, like, I don't know, post-it notes, you could then move them around in, like, four quadrants and come up with, like, uh, what's important, what you need to do now, stuff like that. Is this actually the, Is this actually GTD? Because I had heard that Stephen Covey is the one who came up with this. Uh, if you search GTD grid, you get like, you get a picture of it. Um, I'm pretty same things. If you search Eisenhower decision matrix, if you mm. search Stephen Covey matrix and so, if you search 
GTT Matrix. He, he look, David Allen may have like adapted or stole the idea. That, that's where I learned it from. Mm-hmm. I've only read one How to Do Things book. Uh, that was his. Just that one. Yeah, yeah. My dad recommended it. It was like the best, uh, the best and most important read for me at that moment in my life, because yeah. I didn't know how to get anything done. That that's like <laughs> my um. How do I take in things that I have to do? process them into a list and then actually get them done like i yep. needed someone figure that shit out and i just adapted it it's obviously different the way i do it than exactly <laughs> as he spells it out but uh i didn't i i needed a framework i guess yeah to pull it back i want to like give some examples of like what would fall into each mm. grid portion um and i mean you could do this you could prioritize it however you want uh but i thought something that like would be urgent and important or debt payments, right? Like there's a time you have yeah. to do it. If you don't make it, uh, you're going to screw your credit. They're going to chase you, blah, blah, blah. Urgent, not important could be finding a new job because you hate your bo- current boss and he's a dick, right? Like you uh, you want to find a new job, like you can't stand it. It's the worst. Um, Wouldn't that be... I'm sorry, that was... I or not that. urgent? Yeah, I think you... That was important, yeah. but not urgent, is what oh, I meant. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that's a, I got to get rid of this job right now. Right, but you don't really have to. Like, you could just kind of calm down a little bit. Yeah. And, and then the converse of that, something that's important um, and not urgent, would be like contributing to 401k that has matching. Mm. Right? You need to do it. If you didn't do it today or next month, it's not the end of the world, but it's something you really got to do. And then um, so an example of something in the not urgent and not important quadrant would be um, nothing because this is money. Everything is important or urgent. <laughs> I don't know. What about like using something like acorns? Mm. Save 10 cents at the grocery store. I think they're OK. What I'm going to put in the not important, not urgent box are all the little things like the money distractions. Give me an example. Like I actually I couldn't come I up with find one, the but. best credit card with the most bonus on it. Mm. You know, like at the end of the day, that's not super important. Though actually, I okay, that. that's an example of I when I was thinking about it, I was like, um, oh, like negotiating your interest rate down. But I was like, oh, actually, that's kind of important. Yeah, you know, but that, I think it's a good yeah, like credit card churning. That's it. That's like cool, but it's like not urgent or important. So, dude, you have you you made your list. You like categorized or importantized it, however works for you. Uh, importantized it. Importantized. <laughs> Notarize. Yeah. Um, Katamify. What do you do next? Well, now you know what to do. So I want to share the Eisenhower box because it's very similar. It has the urgent, not urgent, important, not important, but there are actions for each one. So urgent, important is due. Uh, urgent, not important is decide. So at this point you are utilizing your task management system to plan for the future. So maybe you're scheduling something in the future. Oh, oh shit. His is the same box, but with text in the middle telling you what to do with that quadrant. Uh, Oh, did you look it up? Yeah. yeah. So his urgent important is do it now His yeah. Uh, important, not urgent is plan it schedule time to do it. Yeah, it yeah. Is urgent but not important is delegated. What yep. can it, you know, who can do it for you? Mm-hmm. And uh not urgent, not important is drop it. Yep, just delete it. Mm. I so like that. 
James Clear's version of this box says like watching television, sorting through junk email, stuff like that. Just stop doing it. The delegate one is a little bit less clear for people who don't run their own business. Maybe mm. that's when you have kids that are trying to earn an allowance. Yeah, and it's like um, you just the lawn is urgent. You're like, a- oh, you want eight dollars this week? Do this. Go mow the lawn. That's what yeah. kids are for. And when and while you're mowing the lawn, call my credit card company and negotiate a lower interest rate. Or to be honest, so we're talking about time management here with regard to your finances. You got to think about the fact that maybe your time is worth more than money you'd spend on a specific thing. Mm-hmm. So you can think about the delegate thing in that regard. I pay a dude to mow my lawn. A lot of the stuff that falls into this realm can't really be uh, like delegated to someone you pay because it's like, all right, this is my social. Um, this is my date of birth. Go ahead, call my bank and deal. Like you can't really do that. Yeah. Also, I just want to add that, um, at least in like the GTD realm, there's this concept of if it takes five minutes or less, just do it now. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because the whole thing, like the whole like getting it onto your list and prior scheduling it for Thursday or whatever, um, like it will take you five minutes to put the task down and pick it back up. Just get yeah. it out of your, yeah. Um, oh, so here's a very financial example of urgent, not important. Hmm. so it may like you've decided to invest but you're trying now to pick your funds and if you have like decision fatigue there if you're just completely not you know not taking action because you don't know what to pick then you can delegate the picking for now hmm. which is why we like wealthfront betterment betterment things yeah. like so there is a delegate option that anybody can use actually that is a very good point and i think that's like uh the reason why people use like betterment wealth from like oh, I just don't even want to do this like someone else's job they they studied this stuff yeah you get your money in later on down the line if you do some research and you're like you know what I actually really want to be in the Vanguard re- you know or something cool move some of your money or just start you know contributing a certain percentage every month to what you picked but now if you're just like I need to invest and I can't figure out where to invest delegate that decision to somebody and do it smart don't don't go down to your Edward Jones and let them just destroy you with fees but mm. yeah also uh when you have this all plotted out and say you put it into the quadrants and you're looking at your quadrants and you notice that your important and urgent column or quadrant is huge that means you're doing it wrong um if you have things like pay my credit card or you know like most of the urgent things can be automated and should be oh. Yeah, you need to free up your time so that you could take on like you, you want to do a side hustle. Well, when you're doing all the little minutia of managing your finances, you're not going to have time or, or like the energy. Yeah, I think you reminded me back when I wrote my book uh, for me, it was delegate or automate in that column. So and I think the automation aspect is much easier for people to kind of wrap their heads around. Yeah, like you're if not you're not using Mint. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just go mint.com. It's free. Sign up. Um, mm. And, like, I, I, after, like, I don't know, four weeks, eight weeks maybe of using it, it'll basically take care of it all for you. Yeah. Unless you're crazy two-factor off like me. Mm, that's true. It's mint. But and you're effed. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally effed. Yeah. So I want to kind of put this in the perspective of, you know, the stages you're at. Uh our mutual friend, Joe Saul Cihai, uh, I talked with him way back in the day, episode 30 something of my podcast. 
And he has this kind of cool little mental model mm-hmm. of your financial journey. And it's to think of it as like the Apollo rocket launch to the moon. You know how the Apollo rocket broke off sections during each stage of the launch? Mm. You, know, you don't need the giant thruster thing. You, eventually, you just have the landing module and the you know the one rocket capsule. So he says, think of it like that. It's like because- retirement phase. You detach from the kid module and let it drift back to <laughs> Earth. And then you can finally reach your dreams of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. I need my kid to reach my dreams. <laughs> Um, kids you are too heavy i am detaching (laughs) wait (laughs) throw them overboard so you know his kind of analogy here is you know stage three is people who are saying you need to get rental properties and you need to be picking your own stocks or whatever and if you're down in stage one where you just got to pay off debt you are literally you're not even past the stratosphere yet don't think about it you literally just need to get through the normal atmosphere with the mosquitoes and whatever. So yes, you're going to write down, okay, I would love to own a rental property someday. I would love to have my own side hustle and eventually my own business where I hire people. I would love to get a huge raise at work. What can I do now? Okay, now I need to pay off debt. So we're talking budgeting. We're talking financial um, kind of health check. We're talking salary negotiation stuff. You know, and like when we started our, our- like right before we started recording, I was like, by the way, like, let's just call like side hustle and like real estate investing advanced priorities. And mm-hmm. I think it's like uh, much more eloquently put in this rocket sense where you just need to be honest and like you will do you could do the stuff. You will do the stuff. We have to slog through all the things before at first. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's like immensely important because we get too many emails of people, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing as when somebody emails you and says, hey, how do I start a blog? I really want to make money on the Internet. And I'm just thinking, hold up. (laughs) You will not make money on the Internet if you want to start a blog to make money on the Internet because you start a blog to communicate something you're passionate about. And you will burn out if you don't care and you only care about money. So it's like newsflash. Blogs don't make money. Yeah, well, bloggers don't make money. You have to have some other business <laughs> people that you know use a blog as a channel make money. Yeah, uh, I think there are a few people who you could categorize as simply bloggers who make money because they're so good at it and they have such a big audience that they can literally just plug something in without thinking about it. There are many YouTubers like that. Dude, there are I, you're, YouTubers. you're embarrassing me. I'm, I'm starting to blush. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the prose is so elegant. It's like fine French cuisine. <laughs> We spend a lot of time trying to help empower you to get your personal finances in order. Here's the thing. If you're an entrepreneur who's not on top of their business finances, your personal finances are likely suffering too. That is why you need a good dose of FreshBooks in your life. FreshBooks is the ridiculously easy cloud accounting software made specifically for small business owners who need to find a better way to deal with their paperwork. It literally takes about 30 seconds to create and send a polished professional-looking invoice. You can link your FreshBooks account to your credit and debit card, so next time you expense that business launch or tank of gas, it'll show up automatically in your FreshBooks account. With two clicks, FreshBooks can set you up to receive payments online, which can seriously improve how quickly you get paid. 
If you have any questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude. Plus, a real live person usually answers in three rings. For a 30-day unrestricted free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash money and enter Listen Money Matters in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So um, I want to I like dig in a little bit to the actual like prioritization piece. Because hmm. I think a big part of, you know, like, like you could put into the grid, but maybe need help. You have like a ton of things that are important and not urgent, which is like, the, I think the ideal situation. Mm. Okay. So what do you do? Well, so I think we're in agreement that you have to get rid of the debt first. And I, I almost feel like it's cliche to say it, but like you have to get rid of the debt first. If you're going to email us, that's the answer that I'm going to give you. Uh, you can give me all the exceptions in the world. I'm going to tell you to get rid of your debt first. So are you, are you kind of taking a stand here and saying, do not invest a penny until you take care of your debt? So um, there are edge case scenarios that, ra- that rarely someone who reaches out qualifies for. Like your debt is like less than, it's like 3% or less. Yeah, because you know? that's um, me. Yeah, I was like your auto loan. Thirteen dollars you know, in car debt, but I still invest. Yeah, but I mean your auto loan's like one point something percent. Like that, we're yeah. not even gonna talk about that. Um, I mean, not, not that we're not gonna talk about it. It's so low. Well, okay, even three percent is too low because a lot of people have a mortgage. That might be three point seven, whatever. Mm. I'm not gonna say pay off your mortgage. I think we already established this. Paying off your mortgage early in the long run will hurt you over market performance as long as you have like. 40 years. So, yeah. so I will say, and, and only because I can't help myself but to tease like relentlessly all September, we're going to be talking about real estate. We have like ridiculous shit plan and we'll get into leverage and why you're not going to pay down your mortgage and also why your home's a shitty investment. Like, the home that you live in. How is it an investment? I think that's that's like the gist of it. Like if you have a need to like kick walls down and just like, I don't know yell or I, I, what do you do in houses other than pay a lot of taxes and shit you kick walls down and yell <laughs> yeah so if you need to kick walls down then buy a house um but it's not a good investment look after getting out of debt um hang on yeah we gotta stay here because we haven't talked about how to get out of debt we're talking about prioritization there's well there are other episodes i don't want to go too deep into that all right let's, is, is that of the weeds i, I think it's the weeds second, of this episode. 30 second overview right uh, okay Number one, stack method. Mm. So you're prioritizing your debt by the highest interest rate. Mm. So that way you mathematically will spend the least amount of time paying it. And I just want to say, like, there is also something called the snowball method. It's like the feel good emotional method. And if you want to feel good, like, go get some Froyo or have sex (laughs) or something. When it comes to your debt, do the mathematically most efficient method. Right. Is, uh, is ready for zero still a thing? It is. Okay. So you can use that. You can literally see your debt shrinking. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can refinance your debt with Lending Club or what was the other one? 
Um, me, like Prosper. Or, I don't know. There's probably like a million of them now. Those are the two big ones. You can call and ask for a reduced interest rate. So get your interest rates down as low as possible, possibly consolidate. And this works for credit cards. Like this works for like every loan type. And we've been saying this and the like emails that we get, like this works so frequently. You should just call them because why not? Like, what do you have to lose? Like, I call them or, or I go online. I'm just like, I want an increase in my limit. And, I'm, and they're like, how much do you want? And I'm just like, 3,000 more. And they're, they're just like, approved. Boom. Yeah. So the last part of the little 30-second debt thing, uh, automate your debt payments. Mm-hmm. And if you can, increase the amount of principal you're paying. So I am paying $200 extra per month on the principal for my car loan. And it will be paid off much faster. And I'm, I'm not paying interest on any of that principal. So... If you can afford it, do that. And concurrently, we're not moving to a new stage here. Uh, well, like once you've kind of set up a debt destruction system, now you can think about how do I make more money? And the obvious stage one answer is make more money at your job. So negotiate your salary. And that just starts with kind of taking more initiative at work. Okay, the, the exact same thing applies. Okay, I want to say this exact same thing of asking for what you want. <gasps> Ask for what you want. Boom. That's crazy. Who does? Do that in everything. And every job that I've ever had, uh, and I, I don't do it every year, I ask for a raise. Mm. And I, I ask for it once, and they're like, yeah. You know, I'm like, how am I doing? You know, do you think I'm doing good? And they're like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I think I deserve a raise. I haven't had in blah, blah, blah. And it usually is like, okay, cool. Then the next time, next month or whenever you talk to your boss next, and I I, I set up a weekly thing, just kind of catch up with my boss, we either take it or not. I've done this at every uh-huh. job. And then I, I say again, like, so um, how's it going with my raise? Like, do you, you agree with me, right? And And you just keep asking and it happens. I think, yeah, you, you keep asking as long as you perceive that you deserve it, I think. And I think it has to be framed in the conversation of you ask them if they think you're doing a good job. What can you do to improve? Yeah. You know, do you deserve a raise? No. Well, what do you think I need to do to deserve a raise? And then do that and then you get the raise. So it is It is definitely a case of reach out and take what is in front of you. Ask for things, you know, make heard what you want. But... You have to always make sure you're in a positive balance of doing things that are giving to other people, providing value to other people and doing things that are me focused. Because if you build a perception of your of a very me focused person at your job, that's not going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. But if you make a concentrated plan for, OK, how do I get more money at work? Obviously, I provide more value to my employer. How do I do that? I become more autonomous. I gain more expertise. I look for things that need to be done without having to be told. Uh, I come up with new ideas. If you start doing that kind of stuff and then you ask for a raise, you can demonstrate improvements you've made. And that's kind of ammunition for why you should be paid more. The most important, and I don't even, I don't know if this is like cliche at this point, but like the most important thing to do, I say, and I believe it is to manage upwards. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're friends with your bros and your bras on your team. You're your, your bros and your, your sisters. Your bros and your bras. And we're going with bras. Yeah, bras. <laughs> your bros, your bras. Um, <laughs> uh, but you have, you have to, you know, make sure you are close with your manager and that mm-hmm. your expectations are on the same line as that. But I don't want to go too deep in that. 
Yeah, I just wanted to mention it. Mm. I think we do. We have a salary negotiation episode. Yes. Cool. So we'll put that in the show notes. Mm. Whoever is editing this, and I think from there we can kind of move on. Wow. My wife. <laughs> Hi, Laura. I think we can move on to the next kind of stage here. Because mm. we talked about make more money, pay for debt. Mm. Okay, you've got those done. Uh, oh, one thing I forgot to say, and I think this is important. I don't want to come out as saying completely obliterate your debt and make it and make it seem like you should just have no kind of backup. So I think we've always said this, but for anyone coming in as a new listener, have an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you still feel like the same number is applicable, but we've always said have three times your monthly expenses at ready in your checking account, your checking account. And yeah. So, uh, and I don't want to go too deep on this either. Cause I have awesome episodes and we're going to link to an amazing resource, blah, blah, blah. The amount that you have in your checking account, I think is directly proportional to how income secure you are. Are you a baller badass who, if you got fired for kicking a, your boss in the face, you'll get another job tomorrow and they'll be proud of you for doing that? Then keep one month in your checking account, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if if like you think that you may be made redundant, you may have difficulty finding a job, uh, anything down that realm, keep three, maybe even four uh, months of expenses in your checking account. Yeah. Now, I think your emergency account should be bigger than this, but I think it should be like a hybrid into your investments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you have lower risk investments, then your emergency account is very unlikely to get totally wiped out. So, you know, I think to the established kind of numbers we had were three months worth in your checking account and then... I think you were always saying to kind of work up to 25K in your investments in just index funds. So that kind of acts as an emergency buffer if you need it. And then from there, once you have $25,000 invested, the rest can be, you know, a percentage of the rest can be extra things. That could be like more advanced things like yeah, real estate investing or whatever. Yeah. So if this was Age of Empires, you got to build your farms, you got to build your houses before you can build like the library of Alexandria mm. and weird boat. I, I love that game. I know. Right. I'm trying to remember like the crazy I think when we hang up, I'm going to have to play it. Actually, I can't play <laughs> it. I made a deal. You with play Civ? Oh dude. Civ is like, I have to take a week off of work <laughs> for one game. All right. So, um, emergency count, emergency mm. fun. Then, so I uh, want to get that set. So no one goes out. Cause I, I literally had a friend who was, airing the thought of potentially draining his entire bank account to pay off his car. No, dude, no. Oh, what happened? Take a loan out against your pop your tire tomorrow or your parents need a loan. I don't know. Some crazy thing. Don't wipe out your account to pay off a car loan, especially a car loan. Maybe wipe out your account to pay off a Russian loan shark who wants to kill you like the dude from that movie with Bradley Cooper, but not your car. It's like, what what if you shit your very fancy work pants and you have to buy a new pair? That's it was an emergency. Yeah, <laughs> that's what emergency funds are for. <laughs> so, moving on from there, I mean, we have we have episodes coming up on. Can we move on from there? <laughs> that wasn't even that far. We're like one deranged guys. To listen. <laughs> 
And he's like, okay, this is great. I really want to know what to do. The rest of the people are like, these guys are ridiculous. Everyone else exited by now, and uh, just one guy's laughing with us. Uh, yeah, we have to, for the one guy left. He's tanked, so here's why he's laughing. That's, yep. <laughs> he's got a regret. The, the biggest regret is listening to Listen Money Matters. So we go to the next thing, which is getting more advanced. You got better money at your job. You get your debt paid off. You got your emergency fund. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at my shit. That's the worst. All right. All right. You're trying to be all mature and carry on. I'm like sweating over here, laughing at myself. <laughs> Poop joke. All right. <laughs> Nailed it. So, getting into more advanced things, right? Uh, I think from here and even even earlier, what you should do is kind of create a financial impossible list. Mm. I love lists like this, which is why there's one in the top menu of my website. I just written down kind of all the things I would like to do. So I've got fitness stuff. I've got like skill things, but you could do this for money too. Um, all my money stuff kind of fits in my professional things. So wait, I want to add in before we get to the impossible. I don't want to get back to that, but I think there's one more really important thing okay. that you have to do as like a base before you can like move on to, you know, the next rocket phase hmm. you need to. And this is like totally, this will tickle your fancy. Uh, you need to set up core habits related to money like oh, yeah budgeting whether it's like bi-monthly monthly maybe weekly depending on how bad you are with finances and how much you need to be on top of it yeah. um goal planning is definitely a, a habit you need to be just constantly thinking of goals mm -hmm. and not to be self-serving but i mean it is kind of self-serving reading or and listening or just doing some sort of learning related to money should be a habit because like so you're listening to this and if you learn something like oh my god imagine if you did more of that right and that yeah. should be in anything you're trying to improve in your life but i think what they're learning from this episode is don't listen to us exactly like always have a redundant <laughs> pair of work pants <laughs> <laughs> that's not a bad tip actually uh so you talked about goal setting you talked about learning continuing education you talked about habits i think these are the things that can really shake people up because you could easily make a case for trying to set these things up early on mm. and maybe that's where people are getting all confused because they feel like i'm supposed to set up all these habits i'm supposed to budget i'm supposed to do bi-monthly goal check-ins and pay off my debt and all this stuff so i like that you mentioned it second because Yes, they're important, but if you can set up that debt automation system first, that's a project. Hmm. Habits are ongoing things. Eventually, they, they kind of crystallize as habits and they become easier to do and you have to expend less mental willpower to make them happen. But the debt thing is literally a project with a, okay, it is set up. Now it will run itself. So I think you don't have to wait till your debt is completely paid off this next step, but at least set up the system and put the plan into action. But And dude, on the project... Piece. I think the one thing that we both definitely have in common is we're both uh, like super focused. Uh, like we're like just hyper focused on specific things, finish it on to the next one. Mm. And in general, I think that so for a month, I have one money project. You know, I may be closing on a real estate property. Uh, we may be trying to focus on getting our spending down and optimizing it. And that's something that's like a, a many times a year goal because it's kind yeah. of like a sine wave with us. We're up and down. Mm -hmm. um, do one thing 
in a month. Don't do all these things. I mean, if you do all these things, that's great. You're a baller and you teach me how to do many things at once. Yeah. Um, but it's like that whole thought of just like improve 1%. If you improve 1% every week. Oh, um, that reminds me. Keep going because I have to go find the thing. But yeah. So uh, and I, did, I feel like we talked about this recently. Improving one percent and just it's the only so thing I wanted to say was there was a there was a Reddit post yesterday that I saw on the Get Motivated Reddit. Yeah, and it just says one point zero one to the three hundred sixty five power equals thirty seven point eight zero point nine nine to the three hundred sixty five power equals point zero three. So just kind of illustrating that just the tiniest change above or below one over three hundred sixty five days, you get massive improvement or you get massive failure it's just it's just the idea of compounding like one percent improvement every day for a year or a one percent de-improvement unimprovement i don't know one percent failure like a little tiny bad habit taking root every day of a year can really spiral down pretty pretty much um but dude i, th I think we like pretty much nailed this mm. and i just want to leave maybe on a note where it's like you you're looking to these high level things like getting a rental property and, and hopefully in September we'll all but convince you to be frothing at the mouth over it because <laughs> I am frothing at the mouth over it. Um, but like getting a property is a month project and it will take you a month and it will be a lot of work. And you have a lot of other shit going on, like trying to handle your debt situation. Maybe the payments aren't set up and uh, all this other stuff going on. Like you're not going to be able to succeed and both yeah. projects are going to fail. So like these, you know, quote unquote advanced priorities or the final rocket stage, you know, is, is the final stage for a reason. You need to be able to dedicate serious time to it. Yeah, maybe. So I've got my impossible list and it's categorized by thing I want to do. Maybe you could make something similar. Uh, it could be written down anywhere, just somewhere where you see it often enough. And you could categorize it by your perceived stage. So stage one, you know, get uh, under. Oh, dude, that's brilliant. Stage two, question mark. Stage three, profit. So I'm in stage one right now, so I'm going to write down my goals. Get out of debt, build a debt automation system, get higher salary at job. Stage two, I ain't going here yet. The rocket's not here yet, but I'm still going to write it down because, like David Allen says, your brain is not an idea storage machine. It's an idea generation machine. I kind of butchered the way he said it, but it's the gist. Mm. Uh, stage two, you know, get a rental property. I don't know what stage two is. I feel like there has to be three stages, but maybe there's only two. Who knows? Backup pants. <laughs> Back. Stage two, backup pants. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> Always leaving on a high note. Oh, yes. Very much. So, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I think we covered it fairly well. Uh, you can check out Getting Things Done if you want a productivity book. I read one recently called The Productivity Project. It was written by a friend of mine named Chris Bailey. I liked that more than the limited amount of GTD stuff I've read. Mm -hmm. Just a bit more fun style of writing. I think it's because Chris is more of a guy kind of like me and David Allen's more of like an older business guy. So you're saying like me. Well, Chris is a weird, weirdo blogger guy. Mm. Who's uh, all right, Thomas. I see how so, it is. Yeah. And you're just an old business guy. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Anyway, you guys can find our favorite tools and resources over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. It's where all of our favorite apps, books, 
money management resources of all different types are housed. We're always updating it and stuff. And uh, you can also join our community of money nerds, basically forums with extra podcasts and more resources than you can shake a stick at. You can probably shake a stick at all of them, to be honest. It's just a computer screen. You can bash your computer screen for all I care. But first, you can sign up over at listenmoneymatters.com slash join if that's something you want to do. And if you want to support the show, leaving a rating and review on iTunes really helps us out, helps drive the show up the rankings and charts, and makes us just feel super good. So thanks so much for listening. Are you going to say something? I saw... Yeah, I was like, like, we should totally read a review. And... uh, Huh? Do we have one prepared? Dude, I always have one prepared. <laughs> I always come prepared. Backup pants, review. <laughs> I'm a boy uh, scout. Oh. I always have backup mm-hmm. pants and a review just in case of emergency. <laughs> Those are like the two most important things. <laughs> Everybody, don't forget your backup pants and your iTunes review. So, um, you know, because it's a long episode, uh, I'll keep this to just a, a sweet, short, impactful one. The title is Engaging, Laid Back, and Helpful, Five Stars. And it's from Boot Suma. And the review is Andrew's Voice is Sexy. Is that it? Yeah. And I just want to say, I know. Didn't say anything about my voice? And Tom's voice sounds like nails scratching on a chalkboard. Thomas's voice sounds like a beard. I actually download the podcast and I go through and I edit out Tom's voice before listening. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And now you've nailed our process down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for the review, Bootsuma. I would be interested to know what you feel about my voice. Um, only if it's good, though. Don't tell me if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably more inclined to tell me if it's bad. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you in the next episode. Later, dude. Later, man. Tell your friends about this show. Special thanks goes out to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode. She works hard for the money. So hard for the money.